Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody. Welcome to tonight's edition of Students for a Better Future Radio. Um, Mark Falzone will be sitting in for me tonight, and your other host is Ruben Torres. And uh, welcome to the show. Okay, you have a good evening, Doreen, and thank you yeah, for I allowing know. me to, to pinch hit. Okay, hold on. Mark, and you could take it away. Okay. Right. Well, Ruben, uh, Ruben, I defer to you, sir. Go ahead. Well, we have an interesting, uh, tonight is an interesting event, uh, interesting program because uh, we're going, there's so much to cover, Mark, um, from, from the uh, election of uh, Paul Ryan as the Speaker of the House to the, uh, the, the, the debate that was that happened last week in Denver, Colorado. And Boulder, the budget Colorado. they just passed. I hope that's on your list. Yes, I, ha- I have my list here. Uh, but I, I think that one of the critical conversations that we can have tonight is also has to do with the situation that is happening with this president. This president uh, is totally has lost it. He's out of control, and um, not that he had, he, not that he wasn't previously, but he's a, he he has really come to a point. I have come to a point to say to myself, this guy is really a mental case, Mark. Um, yes, no, I understand that, but sadly, I see a Republican Congress that was installed through the hard work and and hard money of the citizenry to at least stall this Obama steamroller uh, is is failing. As a matter of fact, I mentioned that budget. I'm incensed about that. Uh, They passed the two-year budget. First of all, we're talking about the Democrats. For the first two years of, of the Obama administration had full Congress. They didn't pass a budget. In five years, they didn't pass a budget. When uh, they were at least controlling one other house uh, of the uh, Congress, you know, the, where they controlled the Senate. They right. still didn't produce budgets. Now, all of a sudden, they produce a two-year budget, getting every single little damn thing that they wanted. And the thing that really gets my goat, Ruben, is that there's a clause in this budget that for every dollar 
increase that goes to the military, there has to be a commensurate increase in social programs. And these Republicans agreed to this. A full Republican Congress agreed to this. You know what else should be on your list? I, and I hope, Ruben, the betrayal of the American people by Republicans. I mean, right. when they passed that Corker Amendment, which turned this whole Iran capitulation inside out, where instead of Obama requiring two-thirds majority to achieve victory, now the Republicans needed two-thirds majority to achieve victory. And no one's getting two-thirds majority out of this Congress and out of the Senate specifically. So the Iran capitulation went through. Then to twist the knife that was rammed into our back by Republicans, they turn around and they increase the filibuster rule, now that they're controlling the Senate, back up to 60. So now... 46 Democrat senators can block anything the Republicans want to do, and the Republicans gave them the club to beat them over the head with. Ruben, explain to me, what is going on down there in D.C.? Please, well, shed some light. This is, the, this is the analysis that I've done. I mean, we have individuals, as they're called, that are supposed to be true conservative Republicans, and they're truly Rhinos, Republican in name only. They're, they're, they're worse than rhinos. They, you know, the, the the final coup de grace to me is every stinking world leader out there takes advantage of Obama. I think the term is apropos is bitch slapped by every <laughs> dictator, every little twerp leader out there in the world. Manhandles Obama. The GOP are, are like uh, I don't know what. A mentally challenged, uh, big-footed, clumsy idiot. That right. Why? Why does the rest of the world take advantage of Obama, and the re- Republicans can't even slow him down? Well, there a lot of these individuals in the leadership are in cahoots with with the Democrats. They're, they're working with Obama. They're not working. They're not working against Obama. Remember what Remember what John Boehner said a while back. He said, "We're not going to allow Obama to dictate or do anything that that we in Congress would not do." And what did he he turned around and gave everything. He's given. Everything to, to I know they they just rolled over and again in the meantime the uh, president of Argentina a female was bitch slapping Obama at the UN yeah and and handing his head to him in the meantime the the GOP just fully cooperates I and mean, this to me is uh, the ultimate betrayal. You know, all this effort that went into, all these promises made by the Republicans, ooh, give us the Congress, ooh. Then they do the Corker Amendment. They increase the filibuster back up to 60 after Reed and the Democrats reduced it down to 50 so that they could advance their, their agenda and pass all the legislation and on all the thievery that they wanted. Republicans, all these people work 
hard, hard, hard thinking, my God, we're trying to save our country. And the Republicans turn around and hand everything to him on a silver platter. They've handed him, you know what else was in this budget thing? There's no longer a ceiling on the borrowing amounts and powers. It's now just whatever the hell the Fed and the uh, uh, federal branch of the government wants it to be. They can just start increasing it. There's no longer a say by the Congress. So to me, such a move is unconstitutional because the House of Representatives controls the purse strings. Now, of course, the, the Republicans just gave away that power as well, and not just for the term of the budget going forward forever. Yeah, I, I don't think that as well. More seller. More. Sure, Mr. Obama, it's not enough that you're stealing hundreds of billions of dollars. Right. Let's just take the ceiling off the amount that you and your, your Bolshevik thugs and Muslim Brotherhood savages can pillage from the Treasury, what? Yeah, I, I mean, and I, you know what? I'm going to put a plug in for someone. This is why I favor Donald Trump. I think Donald Trump will be a bowling ball in Washington D.C. Even though we we need actually a hand grenade, but I'll settle for a bowling ball. What do you oh, say? Oh, yeah, no, I, I I agree, and I think that not just Donald Trump. I think uh, Ted Cruz would be also someone true to with Ted Cruz too. I think Ben, ben Carson. I don't know. I I, I like I've heard what I've heard Ben Carson say, but his uh, I'm concerned. Will we have the moxie and the backbone to do what yeah. a Trump definitely would do, or a Cruz definitely would do? I, I I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to disagree with you on on, on Carson. Uh, I, I have never really okay. felt I've never felt comfortable with Carson. Uh, I, I, first of all, he turned me off right away when he wanted he he's for mass mass vaccinations. That right away that 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 turned me off. Then he's basically against the Second Amendment. Uh, so I, I don't see I don't see Carson as someone. I see Carson as another Obama, but pretending to be a Republican. Oh, okay. All right. Well, you know, I haven't looked at him that closely. I'm so enamored with uh, Trump. You know, in in the words of the uh, Bolshevik mainstream media, I have to tell you, Trump sends a tingle up my leg. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I I, I I love what he's got to say. You know, I'm also a New Yorker. I'm all, I grew up in Queens. You know, I consider myself a Queens Manhattan guy because I spent so much time in Manhattan and lesser extent Brooklyn of the three. So I I, I find Trump refreshing. And it's oh, like, no, no. I'm, as I'm far as I'm, I'm concerned, I'm, I'm, it's I'm go a, get him, Donald. I'm, I'm, Mark, I'm a, I'm a city guy. I'm, I'm, I'm from the Upper West Side in Manhattan, so. Wow, um, yeah. Oh, wow, the Upper I, mean, I, I I didn't cover that area in my uh, running around days. I did Hell's Kitchen. I did Harlem, but I didn't make the Upper West Side. Yeah, plus plus in Queens, I used to I used to be in uh, I went one year I went to uh, Queensboro Community College in Bayside. So oh, uh, I, I went there two years. Yeah, so it's beautiful, be- beautiful, beautiful cool. campus. 
very, very yeah, yeah, it was nice. It, it was nice. But but getting back to getting back to the 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 the, the actual budget deal. Um, one of the things that irritates me is the fact that the American people, they not, I would say a great majority of them are still asleep. They they do not understand the impact of that budget deal. That budget deal is going to impact, especially seniors. I, mean, I don't know. You know what? Seniors on a whole, I found, Ruben, pay more attention because, first of all, they have more leisure time, I feel. Right. Um, I would consider seniors probably more uh, appraised of what's going on than, say, unfortunately, the millennials. Uh, you know, I watch these, you know, you watch Leno and Waters World and all these other videos, and it's real scary what's out there. You said they don't understand the budget deal. They, 60% of them probably couldn't even pick out the North American continent on a globe. <laughs> Okay, so you're right. They're definitely not getting the uh, budget deal. No doubt about that. I mean, the 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 whole the whole situation is that these people, both the Democrats and the rhinos, are have actually are doing this intentionally. I I firmly believe that they're doing this intentionally to collapse the economy. That's my that's my interpretation. Oh, okay. I, uh, you know what? I don't think that. It, okay, uh, yeah, and I respect your opinion. And could you be right? As sadly, you could be right. Oh my God! Could you imagine something like that? Obviously, to me, uh, where you're leading is they would want to institute martial law. Is that where you're going with that? I, I'm saying that that the the, int- the intention is. Uh, is to cripple the economy because if they truly want to restore the economy and they want to have a stable economy that's going to work not just domestically but internationally, they would be they would not be you know on a constant spending spree, which is what they're doing. Yeah, but the, 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 I the, just the, chalk it up to good old fashioned greed. You know, it's the same in the 21st century as it was in the other 20 in front of it. They just, there is so much theft going on, and it's funny. Uh, When I was on the show more regularly with Doreen, one of the drums I would constantly bang every show is the left is all about laundering taxpayer money to to fund leftist persons, groups, and initiatives. And this is going on in spades. Now, obviously, the Republicans are permitting this to go on because somewhere out there, Republican bread is being buttered as well. Of course. Uh, of course. And I get in, that. in addition to that, I think they have a whole bunch of people intimidated with this uh, NSA snooping that was going on. I mean, I just saw something on TV before. And I got to share this with the audience, and I can't believe this. Uh, you do know about that Russian aircraft, non-military, that went down over the Sinai. You know, it was going from the vacation town, Sharm el Czech, 
Sheik at the tip of the uh, Sinai Peninsula and was returning to St. Petersburg. It went down. Anyway, I saw on the TV an American satellite actually, uh, and coincidentally, they say, had caught the airliner in its uh, scope of vision and saw infrared light coming out of it before it went down. Now, where I'm going with this, we were talking about, or I was talking about Congress and persons being intimidated. If they have the technology to see what the, you know, what one airline, and now they missed the other ones that disappeared in the Indian Ocean, true, but they caught this one, you know, in a satellite. So the technology they have, and also now working for AT&T for seven years like I did, and right. interacting with government agencies who were uh, le- uh, petitioning us for information that uh, we uh, had, obviously, in our records from our customer base and uh, having to comply with them. Uh, you know, I can't see people being intimidated with the level of technology that goes on and with the absolutely lack of character of people in D.C. I mean, I would think over half of these people are have very sordid personal secrets and, and ugly oh, yeah. personal habits uh, that they, they're being intimidated with. So my thing is they're being intimidated, they're being bought off, both. I, I and, get all of that. I get all of that, Mark, and I and, and I, I see that. But I, if you if you really truly care and love your country, why are you going to put your country in such a very very uh, economic? No, no, uh, I, that's that's part of the part of it that fuels my my anger, and it's it's a more like a righteous indignation is. How could looking at your brokerage account and having 1.4 million comfort you, knowing you're selling out hundreds of millions of people? Now you can't imagine it. I can't imagine it. I won't do it. I wouldn't do it. But uh, there's plenty of people that obviously do and would and can and have and will. And so this is going on too. They just the, the greed is incalculable. Like for instance, I would love to see one of the big free accounting firms audit all loans given, all grants given in the green energy climate change BS right. program. How many tens of billions are going down that rat hole? How about auditing the VA? I mean, did you see? How could government employees take the fifth before a congressional panel? Excuse me, that's your employer. He was paying you. You were working for him those that time. You belong to him. You belong to us. Answer the damn questions. This fifth, uh, uh, you know, claiming to be Fifth Amendment from well, these from these Obama administration officials is. More, again, frustrating. What is going on here? Why don't you say, okay, you want to plead the Fifth Amendment? You don't want to answer our questions while we were paying you? Then sit in damn jail and think about that. What is going on here? 
So the thing is, did you ever expect the Department of Justice to indict any of these individuals? I didn't. Oh, no, no. But uh, the Department of Justice, I mean, I heard this term, and I just love it. Uh, the Department of Justice is just another weaponized form of government now. There's no justice involved. It's pursuing the radical leftist Democrat agenda. That's what the Department of Justice is up to. Oh, it's called, a, it's called the Department of Injustice. Oh, true, true. Actually, I could call it that, call it a lot worse. But this is a family show, Ruben, so I'll control myself. <laughs> now, 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 Mark, uh, I, I, I want to get your take on on the uh, the debate. Uh, I want to I want to see I, I want to go one by one each candidate, and, and for you to give me uh, or give the audience. Uh, audience. Um, okay, well, to the best of my ability, because I didn't watch the full debate because I, w I was getting so infuriated. Although I have seen a lot of clips, I'll step in on on these because I w I did watch the whole debate. Uh, what what was your take on on um, Governor Christie? I thought he did pretty good. You know, parts of the debate that I saw. Uh, he was featured, and he was asked questions, and he was involved. And I thought he was—he did very good. I mean, I'm not a Christie fan for president, but uh, being the fact that I am a patriotic, conservative American right. citizen, I'll give you the straight shoot. And I thought Christie did well. Yeah, how I, about I you? Thought well. I thought he did well. Also, I, I just think that he—he he, he, at this point, my personal opinion, I think he's—he's he's really. Deep down, he's running for a cabinet position. I don't think he's totally. I didn't see the passion in him. Yeah, well, well you know, I don't know if all our, I don't think all our listeners are in New Jersey, but uh, to show you Christie, how Christie is. First of all, we had an illegal senator in New Jersey. His name was Lautenberg. Anyway, he passes away. Now, the New Jersey Constitution says that the governor can appoint the senator to finish out his term. So here you have a Republican governor now. He he can with the with his pen, you know, add one more Republican senator to the U.S. Senate. Nope, he doesn't do that. He he made some kind of backroom deal with the Democrats, and he appointed a guy for a month or so, uh, and then called a special election, of which Cory Booker the tall, handsome, road scholar, but uh, Democrat sock puppet, Cory Booker, mayor of Newark, uh, right. and, and he's black, uh, handily won the election. Uh, so basically he handed the Senate seat over to the Democrats. So, I, you know, I, I love how these Republicans try and boast that we're willing to reach across the aisle, this and that. Well, Chris Christie was willing to hatch a backroom deal with with the Democrats that allowed a new Democratic senator uh, to be appointed, and then he only served for a year before the actual six-year term election came up. And, of course, Mr. Booker won again, so now we're stuck for who knows how many decades with this Cory Booker. Now, Cory Booker, I've tweeted with him, Fine man, just misguided, just a party official, you know, whatever the 
Bolsheviks in D.C. Uh, on the Volga there by the uh, Kremlin, you know, the D.C. Kremlin, uh, tell him to do what he's going to do, and that's not the type right. of American we but, need. I also want to remind the audience, I'm a Tea Party Democrat. I'm a registered Democrat. I was a sitting committee person, executive terms. So, so I'm a real Democrat. Right. But, go, but, ahead. You know, go ahead, Ruben. But, you know, you know, New Jersey politics, there's two people that control New Jersey politics, and that's Steve Autobottle on the North uh, North Jersey and George Norcross on the, in South Jersey. So the deal he made for Brooke Booker with the Democrats was actually done with Steve Autobahn because he, he controls that, that whole whole region. And yeah, and, and, and uh, for those outside of New Jersey, uh, most of the popula- urban population almost uh, is up in North Jersey. I mean, right. once you start, even in central New Jersey, uh, you, you have uh, suburban neighborhoods, and you don't have suburban minority neighbors, but the brunt of the citizenry is up north. You know, in the south, we have Trenton, Camden, uh, areas like that down there, Brigantine, et cetera. But up north, you got Newark, you got Jersey City, you got Union City. Uh, Irving, some of these towns have over a million people. I ran for the assembly in Essex County and I got 60,000 votes. That was not enough to win. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, see what I mean? So, oh, yeah, the, uh, the uh, political boys. But uh, uh, and it's, it's funny how you knew about Norcross down south, though. That, that, that's interesting because uh, us Tea Party folks have crossed swords with him before. Well, I, I, I was very involved. In, in politics when I was in Jersey. So I got to know a lot of a lot of the same people that you know uh, and throughout the whole state because I, I was the county chairman for uh, Governor Christie in both 2000, uh, 2008 and, well, not on, on his last campaign, but in 2000, 2010, excuse me. Good thing you got out of there before Bridgegate. <laughs> Definitely. But let's move on so we, we can... Uh, Next next target after Governor Christie was uh, Governor Kasich from uh, from Ohio. Oh, to me, he had the he was the worst performance of them all. Mm-hmm. When when he was uh, and you know what maybe it was I think it was the day after the debate when he was or at the debate I'm not sure maybe you can clarify but he was asked what he thought of the narrators and the questions and he was absolutely fine with the whole dog and pony show to me that just I, I mean he, he he already had one foot on the banana peel the other foot in the grave that statement to me just you know throw him in the hole and put the dirt on him and then let's move on that finished him so I well, thought you know, from the debate in the day after, he's done, toast, finished with me anyway. Yeah, well, I, I, I definitely, I've always felt from the very beginning that uh, Governor Kasich uh, was basically uh, a rhino. Um, didn't didn't get up standards of, of, a, of a true Republican conservative. Uh, oh, yeah. I, like, don't, 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 don't forget, don't, don't forget Ruben. Go ahead, I'm sorry. I, I, I don't see him being the type of individual that's going to go against the grain. He's, he, he wants to be 
loved by the Democrats and by the Democrat media, and 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 that's the type of individual that he is. And um, I, I I never I never saw him as as, as one of the top candidates. Uh, no, no, I, I didn't either. But although he, he's doing pretty good for the folks in Ohio, you, you know, like we have to call it like it is. Ohio uh, seems to be, you know, formerly was, uh, you know, rust belt deterioration uh, down with spiral. I think he's got them out of that. Um, but don't forget what I was going to say. Don't forget Kasich used to fill in for Bill O'Reilly on Fox News. Right. And he's in with the Fox News people who, to me, are, you know, in with these Republican sellouts. Of course, of course. But the, the other point, the other part of, of Kasich that turns me off is that he is, he's a big, big government guy. He wants more money to be given to, he wants central. He wants. He likes that centralized government. He does. Well, he's been in government. I mean, for a decade. Uh, when 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 he was out of government, he was lucky enough to get on Fox well, News, which tells me that behind the scenes, his establishment bros hooked him up with the Fox management people and said, "Here, please help out our poor stiff here, Mister Kasich." And, uh, you know, he was a guest commentator on Fox News a while and earning some money. Yeah, well, uh, Donald Trump called him out and said, well, when Lehman Brothers went down in 2008, you were on the board. And and he retracted and he, and he, he felt like he couldn't answer the question. He started mumbling at that point. Uh, well, I thought I heard him say afterwards that he definitely was not. Do you know yes. whether he was or not, or was or not, Ruben? According to the reports that I've read, he was. He was. He he was on the board. Um, he just yeah. But how, uh, let me ask you, how many uh, that sword could cut both ways? Because how many people were on the board, for instance? Ah. Uh, I don't know the exact. exact yeah, uh, I, I mean, some but of these I, boards could be up to like you know twelve, fifteen, sixteen people, where and one stiff like John Kasich isn't going to be able to do <laughs> isn't going to be able to do anything. You know, it, it's just a position again to uh, because he's a good party boy, uh, right. you know, to, to make sure he gets some kind of employment. Correct, but no. The part that see the, that's uh, that's the part that that irritates me about him that he is the type of individual, and that he will go along with what the Democrats and the Democrat media because he wants to be loved. He wants to feel important. You know, you know, you're right, but you know what? He's so unimportant. Would you mind if we move along? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I don't want to consume time let's, talking let's, about Sam Kasich. Yeah, let's let's move on now. Um, I think we've covered uh, cases. Uh, let's go with Rand Paul. Rand Paul he was invisible to me. I, I did. <laughs> I mean, I tell you, I watched a lot of clips. I did watch all the Hampton debate. Was he even there? <laughs> he was. He was. Uh, I think. I think Rand Paul 
this is my this is how I feel. I think Rand Paul at this point is another candidate that's looking for a cabinet position. I don't think his heart. I don't know. He's a senator. Uh, you know that's not uh, without its perks. I think what did him in uh, to a lot of us who were in the know was when he came out and he endorsed Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell, the like major league GOP Obama rollover sellout, lacking backbone jellyfish. Watch. Yeah. Rand Paul came out and backed Mitch McConnell. Uh, that to me was. His swan song to me. You're finished. Well, I'm done with you. I mean, I understand you got to play ball with the Power Boys to a certain extent, but you don't come out and endorse Lucifer of all people. My Lord. Right, right. And this, this is what I, this is what I was mentioning about John Kasich and, and Rand Paul. Now, they're, they're typical individuals that are not like Ted Cruz or Donald Trump that basically don't give a crap about what anyone else thinks. And that's what we need. We need more individuals like that, like Ted Cruz and 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 and, and um um and Donald Trump. Because yeah, but you Paul. see, Trump. Uh, the, the, another reason I love him is because, like you, like me, like most of the listeners, we know the difference between right and wrong. He'll just right. move on that. He's not thinking. Oh, wait a second. How can we skim twelve percent? off this $2 billion allocation for green energy and little swarmy things like that that, that go on. And right. the, I'm telling you, this is what's driving most of these people, not all of them. See, in there you, you have the hardcore Bolsheviks, the hardcore Muslim Brotherhood savages. Uh, you have those ideological bent nut jobs in there. The rest of them are just stealing, stealing, stealing. And right. Trump completely different from all these people. And and you see the thing you have to understand with Trump, he's he's a, even though you know it came out he didn't spend as much maybe as these other candidates and that's because he was getting so much free uh press and free play. But uh Oh geez, I forgot where I was going with this point with him, but uh, he he uh, just doesn't need the backing of these lobbyists and these K Street people, and he's completely different than the rest of the pack. Oh yeah, I was going to say he's already given up hundreds of millions of dollars of income in pursuing other projects. In pursuing his show that was on the network, I don't know which one because I didn't watch the show. You know, I wasn't right. a big Apprentice fan. I like Donald Trump. Um, I wasn't a big fan of The Apprentice. But uh, so there's that going for him as 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 well. You have to understand the sacrifice he's making, which to me, you know, people go, oh, he's not serious. Uh, this is just a marketing ploy, blah, 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 baloney, because already it's costing him huge sums of money in not pursuing his normal business interests, whether it be real estate or television. So I think that demonstrates sincerity on his behalf. And I think like you and like me, he's horrified 
and what he sees and what the hell is going on here. Like, this Iran, you know, I don't even call it the Iran deal. I call it the Iran capitulation because I'm still trying to find out what we got out of this. I see Iran got every single little thing that they wanted. I don't know what they didn't get that they wanted. I don't know what we got that we wanted. It just, so I call it the Iran capitulation. And then, of course, like I said at the top of the show, you had a wonderful patriots called the Republicans going past legislation that they need two-thirds votes to stop it instead of Obama needing two-thirds votes to approve it. Because of right. two-thirds votes to approve it, it wasn't happening. So now, right. now, again, going back to our other theme, our thread of greed, there's a big pot of $150 billion how, where is that money going that this deal, so one-sided, went through the way it did? Oh, my God, with that kind of money bouncing around, Ruben, who's yeah. paying who and yeah. how much? But the market, and again, uh, it goes to that sellout, that greed, you, you know, to fill my pockets with money. I'll sell out hundreds of millions of people. I, I can't imagine that. Yeah, but Mark, uh, let me let me just stay on on topic with uh, with Donald Trump since we we went from Rand Paul to Donald Trump. One of the things that I, that concerns me about Donald Trump, and I think it concerns a lot of Americans, even though they're happy with uh, what he's been saying, because illegal immigration to me has, since I've been on the radio show four years ago on my own radio show, I've been talking about illegal immigration. Um, well, one of the things that concerns me about Donald Trump is, is he going to be able to reach more Amer- more of the American crowd? I mean, I'm, I'm talking about more than just some of the mainstream area. Cause well, there's, 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 I don't know the answer to your question, but I do know this. He's going to reach a hell of a lot more than that. Then they, you know, when, when I'm on social media, I refer to Obama as oh jackass. Uh, I, I think Trump would reach a hell of a lot more people than right. oh jackass has because the only thing I've seen is racial divisiveness, uh, class warfare. I, I mean now, I, I mean, and then you had Michelle Obama even had was getting a war going between fat people and skinny people. So geez, did we leave anything out? Women against men. Rich against poor, black against white, fat against skinny. I mean, come on here. Uh, uh, what happened to E. Pluribus Unum? I guess no, no, not the Obama it, administration. And I get that. With uh, that's how he's, you know, his, his presidency has been has been a divide and conquer. But what I'm saying is, in regards to Donald Trump, is he going to be able to capture? Uh, areas or states or cities that normally traditionally have gone to the Democrats. As you I don't know, know, I tell you what, I think what, he stands a better chance yeah. than almost all the other Republicans to do that, however. And I'm seeing uh, support for him in minority areas, minority... Oh, yeah. Uh, that, 
people on 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 TV, minority groups, black ministers. Uh, he's reaching out also Hispanics uh, because I, he he for, he's not deceitful. Uh, he's not going to say one thing and do something else. Uh, because the thing with deceit, it consumes too much time and energy, and there's too much real work to be done to be wasting time with damn deceiving. You know, here's what he thinks, here's what he assesses the situation as, uh, and that's what he's going to do. Boom, end of story. No ulterior motives going on. Okay, so, great. Let's move on to the next candidate, uh, Mike Huckabee, former governor of the state of Arkansas. What's your... Uh, I thought he did pretty good. How about you? Um, I think he's he, he, he's another one that I... I, I, I he, his heart is in... He wants to win, but I I don't see him away from the, uh, the Christian groups, the evangelical groups, I don't see any other areas where he can be somewhat competitive. True, true. Yeah, he doesn't have broad appeal. Yeah, and you're going to have to be more than a holy roller here in the 21st century uh, to capture the popular mm-hmm. vote. But I, I have a grudge against him because in 2008, him and McCain teamed up to screw Giuliani out of the nomination. And... I, Even though it was an uphill fight, I think Giuliani at that time had the best chance to beat Obama. And Huckabee and McCain teamed up on him and screwed him in the primaries. And I feel deprived deprived this country of uh, a man like Giuliani. Now I'm an old New Yorker. And uh, I'm going to explain to the non-New York City audience, make believe 9-11 didn't happen Giuliani still came into New York City, and even the word miracle is an understatement what he did. I mean, I was in that city. I started to have kids. I was a young, uh, yuppie bachelor running around the city wearing great clothes and whatnot and having run-ins with a lot of, not a lot, but too many unsavory uh, characters back then. Yes, well, and you know, here I am wearing a, you know, back then a three hundred dollar French suit. And guess what? No, I don't want to roll around in the gutter with you. You know. <laughs> well, you know, I worked at, at um, a year before nine eleven. I, I was working on the thirty fifth floor of Tower Two. Oh wow! Yeah, I worked at. Uh, I, I did a project for Merrill Lynch. We were right next to the post office, next to the yeah, Liberty, Liberty, World Trade Liberty, Center. Liberty. And I worked downtown for about ten years, almost. Right on Liberty, Liberty uh, Street. So well, I, I did Water Street, John Street. Oh, Water Street. Yeah, well, Water yeah, you know Water. Water was a big vein coming down there into South Surrey, and Broadway on one side, you know, Water on the other. Right, South Street Seaport in that area. Yeah, you go even further south than that. I'm not talking about the, uh, you know, ferry down there, Staten Island Ferry, Battery, oh, okay. Battery Park and stuff. Battery Park. Well, that's, uh, let's move on to the next, uh, Carly, Carly Fiorini. Carly, I think, I think she did okay, but I think Carly is valuable. 
And if I were a the leading Republican nominee, I would want Carly as my VP pick, and I would tell her, you have one purpose in life, you have one focus, and that is woman to woman, beat the living bejesus and slap the snot out of Hillary Clinton all day, every day. So I consider her potentially a very valuable person. And, I mean, she I think she she's unfairly catching flack what was going on in HP. Uh, especially I was in the computer business. I data center yeah. business back then, and I was working with thousands of these boxes. You know, well, whether it was HP, right, or or so some of the others, and uh, I saw what was going on in the industry. You know, there was a huge consolidation going on, and right. foreign companies were moving in. And when that happens, if you're a company, you have to slim down. You have to fight leaner and fight smarter. And uh, I think Carly took some bad raps on that. But I like how she goes after Hillary, and I'm telling you, she should be the Republican vice president candidate, candidate with one purpose in life. You know, make right. sure Hillary Clinton's scalp is hanging from your wigwam, baby. Yeah, the the only I, I worked I worked during the time Carly was the CEO. I was at HP, so I, I think I, I know a little about. Oh, okay. So she, so we'll lay it on us, baby. You know, I was just looking at it from the macro perspective. You have a yeah. micro perspective, so lay it on okay. us. Oh no, no, she was. Uh, I mean, I didn't get I didn't get downsized. Um, um, I think she did a, a really good job. I, I just don't think that she has um, the. She has too much baggage uh, to run in a presidential race. That you know, you know, the Democrats are going to come out full blast on her. Uh, so I think I think yes, maybe as a VP, but not as a presidential candidate. Yeah, okay, which is fine. You see, it's something else maybe the Republicans don't do. When the Democrats come after black Republicans, why aren't the Republicans screaming racist? When the Democrats come after a female candidate, why aren't the Republicans screaming sexist? I mean, come on here, boys. Let's, you see how the game is played. And, you know, someone slaps some smarts into these people. Shoot. Right. But I'm telling you, Carly, if I were Mr. Trump, and if he were listening to the show, I'm telling you, look at that very seriously. See, the advantage to that is the leading candidate, the man on top, doesn't have to get Hillary's blood on his hands. Carly can do that. You got a point. You got a very good point there. Uh, I don't think Donald Trump is going to pick Carly, especially after the the events that have have yeah, with, with, yeah with, or when he said with the face. But you know what, being a Queens New Yorker, uh, I could see him letting that be water under the bridge real quick, real quick. Yeah. Especially I, I think, if you spoke with her and asked her, would you like the job of being the Hillary Hatchet person? Uh, she, she, she may relish that. Also, don't forget, she's VP, man. That ain't small change. 
No, no, no. She, she, I, 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 I'm, I'm quite sure that, you know, she has. I mean, she still has a lot of connections in the business world. But I, I have to tell you that I have my. If if my candidate, the candidate I'm thinking, doesn't win the nomination, I think he would Cruise. be a great. You sound like you must be a cruise man. Yeah, he would be an incredible VP because Ted Cruz has the intellect. Uh, he is, you know, he has all the qualities, and he can really, really um, debate anyone. On oh, I'm a big fan of Ted Cruz. Yeah. Big fan myself. I mean, I want Trump. Now, I, I see two ways this, this could go. Number one, I like Trump. I call it the key team, you know, Trump and Ted. Uh, I like Trump and Cruz's VP because we can get eight years of Trump followed by eight years of Cruz. And if we get 16 years of these two boys, this country will be straightened out. However, Cruz could also prove to be invaluable as a Senate majority leader, too. So you, yeah, you know, yeah, I, I, from my perspective, you have to look at its value from both ways, and both of them are super. But uh, the, the, then again, in this ugly world of politics, having a majority leader like Cruz, you know, could stand presidential administrations. Right. You know, it's I, I have to be realistic. The, the, the knives are out there for him in the Senate. Oh yeah, yeah. Especially when, when I, just like Donald, the establishment people also, not just right. Democrats, Republican establishment pigs. Right. So I, I, I'm realistic in in the sense that there's not much one person or two persons can do to make a significant change. But I think as a president or as a VP, I think he'll have a lot more leverage uh, than. Because I don't see him getting to the point. I don't see him getting to the be, becoming Senate majority. Just like I, I, I didn't see Daniel Webster from Florida becoming the majority leader. They went to an establishment person like Paul Ryan. True, true. But don't forget now that you have a President Trump who's twisting arms behind the scene. And now. I, I agree with that. Not only the, the political pressure and the bully pulpit pressure Trump could pull with his, his huge fortune. You know, all he's got to do is call someone up, yeah, you know, this, this, this uh, pack of, you know, he knows how to play the game. This pack will make a $2 million donation to you to help your campaign if you cooperate with me. And they'll get a lot of people voting his way. And for like, uh, and since we've already established that, yes, they're nothing but little greedy things, that I hold prostitutes in a higher regard than I do, you know, 98% of the politicians in Washington, D.C., um, a, a Trump could make sure that we have a cruise like that, you know, a uh, – Senate majority leader. I would love that. No more, you know, these Mitch McConnell sellouts. You know what? We only got 10 minutes left, Ruben. Time is flying. Right. right. So let's move yeah, on. You know what? Oh, I guess we can't take any calls because I love to interact with the audience. We can go. We can see. Um, well, it's uh, 
Doreen around because I don't have access to the. Uh, oh, okay, all right. So we'll, we'll, we'll give you, you know one point I wanted to make because we are students for a better future. Something yes. I wanted to explain with this insane fascination with Bernie Sanders, even with Hillary Clinton, with the leftist and socialism. Uh, I want to, ex- you know, I sometimes I call myself Ruben Doctor Mark, the political optometrist. I will help you see clearly. And here you go, ladies and gentlemen. Why do you think the United States is the rich, bizarre, full of treasure? Because we were capitalists. That's why. The advantage, the main advantage, capitalism should be embraced by poor people, by middle class people, because Capitalism is the only method that provides social mobility for the underclasses. You don't have social mobility in socialism. You know, you've heard these expressions, but they mean something. It's shared misery. It's shared poverty. The capitalism, if you want to work now, because... Uh, the news flash is there is no tooth fairy that's going to float down and hand you something on a silver platter. You have to work. But capitalism is a, a is the revolutionary concept for mankind. Because, like, in the medieval ages, if you were a serf, you were a serf, you were done. Forget it. You're a serf the rest of your life. Your children are serfs. Their children are serfs. That's the end of it. If you're the wealthy noble, your children are going to take over, and their children are going to take over, and they're always going to be wealthy, you know, barring some major catastrophe. But capitalism gives social mobility. Where any a, a stiff with $500 and a great idea can become a billionaire. You don't see that in socialist countries. And to further underscore the, to me, the stark contrast between capitalism and socialism, look at right now, we have a 21st century example of this going on. It's called Venezuela. 20 years right. ago, Venezuela was a booming, wealthy, positive, optimistic nation. Now uh, they go back to food lines. And, 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 you know, this also, one, I'm, just, I'm going to sum up and then I'm going to hand the ball to you. This sums up the difference between capitalism and socialism. In capitalism, the bread is lined up at the bakery for you. In socialism, you line up at the bakery for the bread. Let that sink in. Go ahead, Ruben. Run with it, well, baby. I, I, I totally agree 100% with, with your evaluation of uh, in the comparisons between socialism and, and capitalism. But I, 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 I'll go I'll go one step further. Uh, let's let's go ahead and, and and look at the the situation in Cuba, and look at the situation in Cuba for the past 20 30 years. Socialism has kept individuals poor that they have been so desperate to make up and build a rackety, rackety boat to get to the land of the free. Yeah, risk their life, yes. Exactly. 
So, I mean, if you want to evaluate and analyze the success of socialism, look at Cuba. That's, yep. that's a true picture of what socialism has done to the people of Cuba. But people that, don't know. The, these people, in their, even in their 40s, haven't been educated about what went on there. Now, i got to tell you, it's funny you mentioned Cuba, because for a white guy and for a Mediterranean white guy, I'm very appraised with what's been going on in Cuba for the past 50 years. My best friend growing up group was a Cuban kid. Right. You know, and I'm going to say his last name on the air because he's long since deceased. Uh I think he still has a surviving sister. And his last name, to prove that I'm telling you the truth, his last name was Vera Sieta. And I wonder what that means. Do you know, Ruben? Vera well, Sieta. Well, basically, there, there's a lot of uh, Jewish... Um, Jewish? He wasn't Jewish. <laughs> no, 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 no. But there was, there was a lot of Cuban Jews that basically left before Castro... Uh, left for the United States. A lot of yeah, but I, I, I think the gangster Meyer Lansky brought from there, Ruben. Though, <laughs> but no, no. But I'm just saying there, there's individuals, individuals that left before Castro took over because they sensed that that he was not the, the real deal. That he was basically a, uh, uh, he wanted to implement socialism. So they were one step ahead of the game, and. But the individuals that basically fell for the, the 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 nice words that Castro said, the same words that Obama is saying of redistribution that everyone has to be equal. Right, those, right, right. Words, those were the same words that were in Castro's speech when he took over Cuba. And he, but then he ended up he just. What is with these communists and their violence and their brutality and the mass murder that goes on? I mean, I'm going to go back to my capitalism versus socialism because socialism leads next step in its morphing, in its molting process is communism. And that's when the barbarity sets in. I mean, the 20th century, there must have been 100 million innocents Awarded by Marxist socialist. So how this can be glorified can only be done under an umbrella where the reality of this barbaric thievery system is kept right. under wraps. And and that's why I wanted to mention that tonight, to share that. That capitalism is for the it's the only system where the common Joe you know, can end up living in Pacific Heights or in Miami Dade County or what have you or in a big beautiful house because he worked hard and he worked smart. That is not happening in socialism. In socialism, if you work hard and smart, what's going to happen is instead of a bologna sandwich, you're going to get a roast beef sandwich, but you're still going to live in the same hovel. Well, uh, not with capitalism. To add to that point, basically, in a, in a socialist, communist country, you have a centralized government dictating to you what you can eat, what, when can you go to the bathroom, when can you do this, 
Do they have control, totally control of your life, of your kids, and of everything? And most important, what they go for, the, the money and the power. They're steering. Marxism and socialism is, is a re- regressive system. It's a throwback to the medieval era, where instead of robber barons, you have little commissars running around with red stars on their hat, but the deal is the same. They produce nothing, they make nothing, but just because of their connections, they have this wealth, and more important, this power over you. And in the case of Marxism, it's a power of life and death to the tune of over 100 million innocents. Uh, I have no fascination with Marxist or socialist. No, and that, audience, that's our... That's the end of our show today. Uh, Mark, I've enjoyed this uh, interaction, interaction that we've had tonight and uh, look forward to uh, next week. Um, and it's always a pleasure. Okay. Well, thank you for inviting me. Love to be back. And it was a pleasure. And folks, don't forget, capitalism versus socialism, no contest. You have Bye. a good evening. Bye-bye. All right. Have a good evening. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. 
Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, oh. 